As I launch this podcast, I'm the proud owner of a podcast production company with team members and clients all over the world. I started this business in 2019 pretty much accidentally when at a conference, some newfound friends heard I'd launched my own podcast and instantly insisted that I'd launch theirs. I tried to squirm out of it. Of course, I just launched my own show and kind of thought that assembling all the pieces and learning how to edit and mix audio and music together was fun. But I didn't plan on offering editing services and I had no idea what to charge. There was no process for what I'd done. I'd be completely winging it. They smiled and basically said, we'll work it out after the conference. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but work it out we did, and those gals became my very first podcast clients. A month or two, I connected with another new client on Upwork, and he became my second podcast launch client. At that point, podcast editing services were gaining traction faster than the personal finance coaching I'd been doing. And the universe was pushing me hard. I didn't know it because I was new to the entrepreneurial space at that time. And I don't think the term was so popular, but 2019 was my pivot year. That decision to pivot and the acceptance of the rhinoceros-sized push the universe was giving me toward the podcast editing space would launch me on a personal development journey wrapped up in a quest for leadership, business operations knowledge with sprinkles of mindset and self-worth and growth-oriented habits on top. I've been borderline obsessed with personal development, self-help, and personal finance for years. But now I know those early years were simply training wheels for what I experienced from 2019, starting off as a one-woman podcast production company growing the services we now offer in the team that helps me produce client work efficiently, experiencing the ups of gaining clients and expanding offers and having great years to losing clients, reducing the services we offer, niching down and having tougher years. Running a business in the early years is absolutely a roller coaster ride. It smooths out a little as you go, but problems don't go away. They actually show up differently and are often at much higher stakes than in the early years. Early on, I took pride in being a taskmaster and was constantly focused on which pieces of a project I could get done so that I could bill for that work by Friday. I remember the first time that my Friday billing exceeded $1,000 and how wild my imagination went when I thought, what if I could bill $1,000 every single week? At that point, the prospect of making 52 k at a job I'd invented was very exciting. Then, to grow beyond that, I had to raise prices and start building a team. Most clients took price raises in stride, but I still remember the gut-wrenching feeling of losing a wonderfully consistent weekly client in response to a rate increase. Yeah, I cried. Don't get me wrong, it was on good terms and we knew we were both making the best business decision that we needed to. 
to this day, we cheer each other on and talk shop here and there. So it's cool. But team building was tough too. I was extremely intentional about the questions I asked in interviews, my expectations, and the way we'd communicate. I found some great people who are with me today, even still. But I also found folks whose work was surprisingly subpar and had to have some really tough conversations. I also experienced times where I thought a load of work was coming in and it didn't pan out. So I never got to use the editors or writers that I had interviewed with that work in mind. Then there's the whole money situation. I'm glad to say I've never had an issue paying a contractor or knowing what I could take home at the end of the week because I've used a method called Profit First in my business from the very beginning. I will say, however, that every year as I look back over my expenses, I can always identify wasted money. It's on different things each year, so at least I'm not making the same mistake over again. But nonetheless, there are thousands of dollars of waste every year. Sometimes on software, maybe a coaching program I signed up for but couldn't fully commit to, or sometimes in the form of contractor pay towards an initiative that we started but then had to drop or pivot from. So over the past four years in business, I've absolutely had to make some tough decisions. But I've also learned a ton about myself, what I'm good at, what I'm not, my values, what drives me, what to do when I'm having a mentally tough day, to lean into my most energetic days, how to delegate, and a ton more. The most important things, though, are what I've learned to do when the going gets tough. There are simple, small, daily habits that when I do them consistently, whether I'm up or down that day, I respond in a more level-headed, more discerning way. And I'm able to see what matters and what doesn't, and I'm more clear on the actions I need to take to move forward. Now, these are the same things that you probably roll your eyes at that you've heard a million times, and I'm with you. But honestly, self-care is where it's at. To me, self-care means meditating, journaling, moving my body, whether to work out or to stretch, reading, consuming water and nutritious foods, sleeping enough. It's crazy because even when I'm not in the most positive mental space, and especially when I'm most feeling like a failure, my instinct is to work harder, work longer, and take care of myself less in the process. Like as if one more checkbox or working one more hour will solve all my problems. But all that does is cement in my tension and leave me staring blankly at the screen for an additional five minutes because what I really needed was to step away. Recharge! My body is insisting, but I've only learned within the past year or two to listen to it. Now, I know business growth completely and wholly depends upon my ability to delegate more, lean on systems and processes and people, and examine everything from a high level with a constant eye for improvement. As exciting as it is to promote yourself to CEO from owner-operator, it's equally as challenging. 
Will you lose touch if you aren't part of the process? How will you stay informed? What metrics will tell you the true story of how your business is running? How will you spot red flags before they become poison inside your business? All of these are questions many of us have faced as our business grows and as we step into our CEO shoes. And all of these are answered much more easily by a robust network of well-accomplished business owners. For a long time, I didn't have a reliable network of business owners to turn to. Even if they were there, I probably wasn't ready for the advice and accountability they had to offer. During the early years of my business, I operated in a very head-down way because I knew what I needed to do at that stage. I just needed to execute. I had podcasts, YouTube, and plenty of business books, plus real-world experience from corporate to guide me. But then, as the business grew in size and I grew personally, I outgrew that style of operation. Along the way, I even realized that I am quite the introvert. And even with that being said, I was quite lonely and tired of operating in a silo. When you operate on your own, sure, you're your own boss, but you're also the only one who is solving your business's problems. So I'm glad to have a solid network of successful business friends now and to help you further your journey towards abundance faster and make it easier, I'm sharing my network with you. Reaching Abundance isn't just a woo-woo show about higher power and meditating and manifesting money. Although I practice a bit of woo myself, Reaching Abundance is about pulling collective wisdom from an open-minded circle of entrepreneurs, learning to trust your instincts, and growing into the person you want to become. Most people's vision of their best life or their most abundant selves includes some combination of wealth, time freedom, and mental space. As you grow your business, you pick up some personal and professional development and naturally progress toward using your earnings efficiently via investing. You learn about business and personal finances, surround yourself with people who support your goals and help you execute your initiatives, and you delegate and create boundaries to protect your time and mental space. Each of our formula for abundance is different though, and we might go about achieving it differently but we're all on this path, steadily and determinedly trotting toward what we see as our best selves. So perhaps you're like me, someone who felt alone in entrepreneurship and financial management for a long time, but didn't know how to connect with people who I felt were ahead of me. Or perhaps you've been good about utilizing your community to help you get where you want to go. Now, I'm bringing the community of like-minded, abundance-focused, driven CEOs to you. There's no queen bee or gatekeeping here. You get to learn from them at the same time as I do, which means we'll often be implementing in our lives and businesses simultaneously, creating a movement of us going forward at once. A rising tide really does raise all ships, and I'm really excited to share these conversations with you. 
I'm even more excited to hear about your takeaways from each of the upcoming episodes. So before we get into the interviews and start implementing all the goodness, make sure we're connected on LinkedIn and Instagram and all the places. My links are in the show notes. Already in this episode, I shared a few mistakes I made early on. I'd love to hear from you. Did you make these same mistakes? If not, what's a mistake you made early on in your journey? I've got a few more to share, but for that, you'll have to hop on to the next episode. See you there.